My time is valuable. Your time is valuable. If you are not ready to buy, just straight up tell me you're not ready to buy. If you're not ready to sell, straight up tell me you're not ready to sell. And I'll interact with you and treat you accordingly. But at least the expectations are set, right? And we're on the same page and we know what to expect from the relationship. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real-life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast, where we talk about commercial real estate, financial independence, a lot of different topics, motivation, mindset, commercial real estate in general. And I'm excited to bring you another amazing guest, Mr. Dan Lukowitz. Dan, thanks for joining, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. How are you today? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you very much for you know being part of the show. Thanks for joining us. You've got a tremendous value and a tremendous perspective, and I'm super excited. Let me just give our listeners or viewers a little bit of background about you, so you know we kind of know you're a seasoned real estate veteran. You've got a decade of experience, a lot of different facets of the real estate industry. You came from tech. Well, I say tech. Amazon and Detroit, Amazon, Michigan. Yeah. Sales, sales within Amazon. Yeah. And I was a sales guy as well, Dan, but I worked for tech, tech companies, you know, the former tech guy, right? But, you know, Dan really started his career or real estate in general and house hacking. Uh, he moved to flip houses in and around Detroit. Eventually they created a company called Renaissance Real Estate Ventures and they specialized in acquisition, financing, renovation. And this was single family residential properties in you know Detroit, Michigan. So after that, he really you know ended up joining Encore Real Estate Investment Services. So Dan, you were a senior advisor at Fortis Net Lease, specializing in commercial real estate investment sales, and then now really you know helping customers uh, as the director of investment sales and helping people with shopping centers, medical office buildings, industrial fulfillment centers, automotive repair parts, Burger Kings, etc. Man, that's a tremendous, you know, kind of background. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, and, and then we'll lead into what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you so much for having me. I definitely really appreciate that. Uh, again, you said Dan Lukowitz, a commercial real estate broker specializing in net lease. I do have a background. You know, I started a company back in 2005 called Disability Made Easy, barrier-free home modification company. I ran the sales and marketing. Very intrigued by watching the project managers, you know, go to a site draw it out, take something that looked like this and turn it into something that looked like that, right? And after doing that for a while, I realized that, you know, the same thing could be done with bank-owned property. And when it became time for me to purchase my first home, I decided I could buy a property at X or I could buy a property at, let's say, 30% of X, renovate it, live in it, resell it, rinse and repeat, right? So it's funny because the people that I was close with at the time, and my friends would say to me, Dan, what are you going to do once you finish working on your house? And I said, yeah, I'll buy another one. And that's what I did. Bought another one, bought another one, bought another one. And I learned quite a bit 
in that whole experience over close to a decade now of, of, of the house hacking and house flipping. And as I transitioned, you know, through title company, running the sales department there and, and, you know, doing development and fundraising for nonprofits, I eventually landed after working at Amazon for a while, I landed in the net lease space as a broker. And I really couldn't be happier. I think it's the greatest job in the world allows me to help people. I pride myself on being an advisor, not just a broker. And I'm in a position where I can, you know, impart some of the knowledge that I've gained to other investors and help them to make educated, informed decisions for themselves and their families. Well, that's great. That's good. Good insight. And give us an idea first, before we kind of dig, dig in the types of transactions that you help investors with today, what size are they? How many millions of dollars? What type of transactions? I know they may be various, but you know, give us an idea of scope and size. That'd be great. Yes. So I'd say on average, maybe around $6 million would be an average price point for the listings that I bring to market. Right now, I just listed four Burger Kings. Average price point on those are $3 million of four of them. So that would be about a $12 million portfolio. Mm-hmm. Medical office building in Iowa, around 11 and a half or 11 and three quarter million dollars under contracts. So that's super exciting. I've sold tire kingdoms for around $3 million. I've sold shopping centers anywhere from 550000 to, you know, $7 million. So there, there's a variety. And, you know, typically the way I look at it is, is I don't say no to a listing as long as it's adding value to the client and to myself and my company as well. So we treat our clients the same, whether they're, they have a $500,000 teensy little plaza or a $12 million medical office building. Yeah. Yeah. And for those that are single family investors trying to learn more about commercial space, yes, 500 is kind of teensy in the commercial space. <laughs> and, you know, even on the commercial loan broker side, it's like a eh, million, million and a half is kind of that minimum yeah. entry point. General. I don't take, you know, I try to stay away from the listings that are under a million dollars. I'll take them yeah. if they're interesting and if I can help the client. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've read, there's a great book. I don't know if you read it, Abel. It's called Multifamily Millions. Really. Is that Lindahl, Dave Lindahl? Yeah, it's a great book. And one of the tenants there is that the tenants, right? It's spelled differently, but it sounds kind of cute. So <laughs> yeah. the tenants there is that if you can do it for 20 units or 30 or 40 units, you can do it for 200 units or 300 units. It's just a different number of zeros, right? And, and mm-hmm. it translates into a different number of zeros for your bottom line in your bank account. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's, it's amazing that you help your investors, regardless of size. We all like big deals, but you know, everybody has to start at deal number one somewhere, whatever that may be. And, you know, maybe they're teensy deals, but maybe they have 10 of them and that is or, a portfolio. Found and you're like, wow. Okay. Oftentimes these guys or gals, they've got a portfolio and they might be testing you. They might say hey, $500,000, $800,000, million. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're in escrow to sell that deal, you know, three months down the line, and they're like, oh, can you give me a proposal on this $10 million deal? And you're like, ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell us, you know, how you serve your clients today. Like, well, first of all, where do they find you? Do they come in online? Do they come in? You have different social marketing platforms as well, which yeah. I'm always curious about finding out too, how you source your clients and then they come to you. And then, you know, maybe let's talk about how that steers and how you serve them too. So how they come yeah, in to you and how you serve them. Those are great questions. So there's been a big change for me. You know, I was making a thousand outbound cold calls a month or, you know, 200, 250 calls a week for a number of years. And that worked, you know, that would get me a good amount of listings. Say those numbers one more time. 
So 200 to 250 calls a week, preferably more like 250, which translates to about a thousand calls a month. Okay. I'm going to pause you here before we keep going. So we're talking about commercial real estate, dance broker, he's working his tail off to get some of these. I always have people say, how do I find off market deals? How do I find off market multifamily properties? And the reason we end up a lot of times saying you should probably talk to a broker if you're looking for a sizable multifamily deals, because if not, what you're going to have to do is about a thousand calls a month. And that's how Dan finds. And it's more than that. Yeah. Right. More than the calls, okay, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's the databasing and it's the research. And it's at a certain point I was building databases myself. Now I've got a team yeah. over that helps me with the databases, but that's money. That's effort. I create those databases. I hammer those phones and don't forget, I'm not just calling somebody one time. I have a deal in Ohio I'm putting together for a Walgreens. I called the guy every single week for a year and a half before he even answered the phone well, and not listening, right? Wow. It's that grit, it's that gumption, it's that hustle. So you build those databases or people on the team build them for you, make those phone calls and then just give out free value. I, I'm all about adding value. So I say, hey, Abel, I know that you own this shopping center. I'm net lease broker. I sold three of them with the same tenants within 50 miles. Want to know if I can put together a complimentary, no obligation value proposal for you. I'm giving you all my secrets, right? (laughs) Thank you, Dan. And they say, sure, no problem. Here's the lease. Typically they say goodbye, but you know, (laughs) they do say, here's the lease. And they give me some information. Now I study the property. I spend 100, 200 hours on drone photographs on every single property. I research, I pay my assistant to help me with the marketing material, get some site plans drawn up. I'm investing now, could be two, $300 every proposal. And then I give it to them in a nice email form, 30, 40 page document. I say, hey, here's what I think it's worth. This is why I'm the best guy for this This is why my brokerage is the best for this. Do you have time tomorrow or the next day at 10 a.m.? I give them a specific time tomorrow at 10 a.m. or whatever day I decide on to go over it. They say yes, or they don't reply at all. And then we get on the phone, I get the listing, I put the property thing out, right? So that's exactly what I was doing for a long time. Now, I made a pivot about three, four months ago, and I really started investing a ton of time and energy into LinkedIn. I even got my own streamcast, my own show that I invest money into. And now I'm actually posting on LinkedIn three to four times a day. I'm engaging quite a bit. I happen to be making zero outbound cold calls. And the majority of my business now is actually set up by my assistant who fields calls from people that contact me on LinkedIn. And now my phone's ringing. I know that since you and I have been on this podcast, you know, I already had two or three calls come in that when we get off, I'm going to field those. So my perspective has changed. I've been able to hire junior brokers and some interns to, to work with me and build something that's far more efficient. And it's a better usage of my time because I want to be on the phone pitching, right? I want to be on the phone converting and selling and giving advice. And it's not to say that there's no value in cold calling. There is. I earned my keep though. I did it for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to do it again. I'm not, I'm not done cold calling. You always got to be proud. Always be prospecting. Always. <laughs> I love what it. You have, you want to sell able. I love it. I like it. It's, it's amazing to hear it because you know, that's how you find deals oh, and yeah. the brokers, you know, I think some people minimize, Oh, you know, I'm going to find this off market thing. I go, man, I have never represented one of my own properties. When I was doing residential real estate flipping, I never represented one of my own properties. Even though I'm a licensed agent. Yeah. I love it. My job, my job was to get the money, get the property, adult daycare, i.e. babysit the contractors, right? And then get the property ready for market and then get an expert in there to sell it. 
you know, people say like a broker's a dime a dozen. I hate that. You never go to your surgeon and say, ah, I know you're going to cut me open and replace my, my heart valves, but surgeons are a dime a dozen. Or, you know, can you discount your fee, Mr. Surgeon? If I do it partially myself, will you charge me, you know, like 40% of what you're going to charge me for the surgery? Mm-hmm. No, you're an expert. Always hire experts. Always network with experts. Even if you have to cut off a little bit of the fat, it doesn't matter. It's worth it. Yeah. 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 So this is a, uh, it's going to be a great conversation already. I I'm already enjoying it very much, Dan. Me too. So, well, I want to talk about two things. So help me for remember one is the social part of it. And then the second one is the specialty part of it. We'll hit the specialty part first, which is there are a ton of brokers and to your analogy of the surgeon, if I have some heart problems or issues at some point in my life, you better believe I'm going to go to the oh, specialist yeah. and you're going to pay whatever you need to pay or choose whatever you need to do or travel wherever you need to go to find the right doctor. A good broker will absolutely make you millions of dollars. Oh yeah. So let's talk about this. How do I find the right brokers to deal with? It's How so funny I- that you asked that because you're not the first person in the last three weeks whose podcast I've been on, who's asked me that that question. And it's almost like they want to know like broker etiquette as investors. I'll tell it to you exactly like I told some other people. And that is that, you know, my time is valuable. Your time is valuable. If you're not ready to buy, just straight up tell me you're not ready to buy. If you're not ready to sell, straight up tell me you're not ready to sell. And I'll interact with you and treat you accordingly. But at least the expectations are set, right? And we're on the same page and we know what to expect from the relationship. All right, that's number one. Number two just like you expect me to answer the phone and return your calls, same, right? If I've got a contract and it needs to be signed, okay, you don't have to drop everything to answer that moment. There's a certain process and a certain funnel and a certain you know, pipeline that I have and that my team has. And it, it, for the sake of efficiency and for the sake of getting you top dollar, it's a certain way, which means that it stops working when parts of that pipeline get clogged up. So be respectful of the pipeline, if you will, and make sure that you know, that, that, that we're working together in a way that's efficient for everyone. That's, I'd say maybe number two, three is, is just be, again, be upfront. Let me know if you, if you only have two and a half million dollars, don't tell me your budget is two to five. I will find you exactly what you say that you want. I need you to be transparent with me and tell me what you really want. That's really important. That's really, really important. And then go with the best, go with a specialist. Like exactly. Like you said, I have a heart problem. God forbid, I'm not going to an ankle doctor. I'm not going to a generalist. You know, I'm not going to a neurologist. Same thing. If somebody comes to me, if somebody I work with, who's also a broker, net lease broker, texted me at 11 o'clock at night. He said, Dan, go through your LinkedIn network. Find me a multifamily broker in Philadelphia. I said, I don't have time for that. I'm going to make a post. I posted looking for a multifamily broker in Philadelphia. I had like 4,000 views and like seven or eight really well vetted, you know, brokers who multiple people said were the guys to go with. I called them. It was super easy. I could do those transactions myself, my broker colleagues themselves, but we don't because I don't know the multifamily market. That expert does. That expert doesn't know the net lease market nationwide like I do. So work with an expert. You want to buy a Burger King. You want to buy a hospital. You want to buy an Amazon fulfillment center. You want to buy a shopping center. I'm your guy. You want to buy multifamily right now? I will refer you to the best in the business because it isn't me. Got it. That's awesome. That's just really good stuff. You're going to have to give me a broker recommendation for San Antonio, Texas for a B or C property with value add and find it under six 
or in a six cap range in the today's current market. Help me find that. So I'm not going to help <laughs> put you. out a post. <laughs> LinkedIn is going to help you. Exactly. I'm going to put a post on LinkedIn after this. Remind me, I'm going to put a post on LinkedIn. I love it. And, I, and you know what? I love what you just did. You didn't say, Dan, find me a deal in San Antonio. Cause who, I don't know what a deal is. Yeah. And a deal is a deal. If it's a deal to a person buying the deal, you said, I want B class. I want this price. I want this type of neighborhood. This that's exactly the more specific you can be the less time that we waste. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So um, on the same vein, like who contacts you for what reason? You told me a little bit. Let's go into it deeper, like nationwide. What, like who should be calling you after listening to this podcast? Well, I love like- it when the REITs reach out to me because they have these crazy broker incentives that they offer. I'm not even going to talk too much about, but the REITs are amazing. I love dealing with the REITs. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Porsches to brokers who do deals with them. But didn't say wow. Anything. Yeah, we basically, didn't, we didn't hear it here. But yeah, that's yeah. That's so that's pretty cool. The people that should contact me are people. If you want a, an evaluation on your net lease property, single or multi-tenant, give me a call. Myself and my team will put together a complimentary, no obligation value proposal for you. At the very least, you can look at and say, okay, I know what an expert tells me my building is worth. Mm-hmm. You not going to sell today, tomorrow, a year, five years, you have it. You can earmark it. You can compare next year. I can literally update that. Once I give it to you, I can update it in a couple of, in an hour, two hours, every quarter for you or every year so that you can see how your property is trending. It's very important. And especially today with the tax, potential tax changes that are going on. I mean, we've never seen cap rates this low and we've never seen the 1031 exchange and ordinary income tax versus capital gains taxes potentially being taken off the table. Right? So the opportunity right now as an investor in the hottest market in history, get a valuation on your property. What do you have to lose? Give me a I, Shoot me an email. You know what? I, I love the, the way that you mentioned too, because you, you set the right expectations. I don't think I'm going to sell my property yet. However, maybe in a year and a half, I should be talking to you. So no, now uh, right you're now. like, yeah, so right now. So you're saying, so can you help me today? And the answer is yes, because once oh, yeah. you've created the information, then you can update me on a quarterly basis where I kind of figured or factored, now nah, I'll talk to somebody later, a year and a half later. No, you're talking to you now and you're helping me quarter over quarter. And you know, as a broker, you're creating a lot of value and you're making me very sticky because yeah. I'm gonna have to I want to use you after you've done all that work. At the same time, though, you're providing me really great insight and value throughout the whole period, right? Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. And and everyone has to recognize that that's an investment not only of my time, but of my resources and my capital, because I just told you, you know, I'm spending two, three hundred dollars per proposal. And even if I know the guy or gal's not gonna sell, because that gets my name out there and that's my value. I always believe provide value. Everything else follows. Dollars follow for sure. Yeah. And if somebody wants to know what their building is worth, then hey, myself and my team are going to put in that effort, that grit, that hustle. We're going to invest in those resources to give you what you need. Other brokers don't do that. They might put together a one-pager or a two-pager. They'll skimp on drone photos. Eh, I don't want to invest the money. As a broker, like if any brokers are listening, if you're not ordering drone photos at the very least, and maybe even drone videography on every proposal that's brought to you by a potential client or a client, you're really missing the point. You're missing. Yeah. You're missing the mark. Huh? Well, that, that's a good, great insight. So let's continue down the path of the investor side. You mentioned a couple of really cool things, capital gains, 1031, cap rate compression. Maybe I can, you know, add or throw in 
the spread between the 10 year treasury and oh my gosh. the cap rates right now kind of mimicking 2008 to 2010, which <laughs> it means we want to capitalize on the buy side. Interest rates are super low. So, you know, maybe let's head down that path a little bit. And then, you know, so I haven't asked this specific question yet, Dan, just kind of framing it because we do have some passive investors that are listening to the show. They're not owners themselves in, as a general partner or principal, but we're, we do a lot of syndications. We buy, okay. you know, and, and kind of pull our money together. So, you know, we have passive investors and then some people that are first time, second time, third time general partner principals as well. But man, let's dig into this conversation. Like what should investors be aware of right now? Yeah. Okay. So it's a great question and I'm going to run with it. Number one, cap rates are at all time lows, especially for assets like quick service restaurant, QSR and essential retail dollar generals during the pandemic, the cap rates actually went down. Pharmacies also, there were a lot of trouble with a lot of the major pharmacies brokerage I work for. We've sold more pharmacies probably than anybody in the country, maybe even the nation. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Sorry. Anyone in the country, the world, I'm pretty sure we're number one. If not, we definitely should be. But, you know, those deals, those retailers that were in trouble are now like, you know, seeing even more interest and their, their credit is being boosted. Tractor Supply, their credit just got boosted. You know, so it's really important to recognize that if you're an owner, now is the time to at least get a valuation and probably to sell, even from a cap rate perspective alone. But especially now with the fact that, you know, capital gains tax may go away, 1031 may go away. So that's very important. Number two, I mentioned getting a valuation now. Well, what happens if you wait? And let's say the 1031 does go away. Let's say that and or, you know, ordinary income tax is now in place where we previously had capital gains taxes. Well, what's going to happen if it's retroactive to January 1st, it's going to be a really quick window. More likely, there'll be like a six or nine month or 12 month window. Every single investor and their grandmother and their dog and their aunt are going to want to sell their property and 1031 one last time or sell a property without ordinary income taxes one last time. So a guy like me is not going to be able to sleep. It's going to be the heyday of heydays. I say it's 500,000 investors trying to fit through a five by eight opening. (laughs) It is. That's what's going to happen. And then after that, you know, things will, there'll be like a rebalancing of, which we can talk about another time. My point is, is why would you not want to be ready? When my thing so much that I can't even answer it enough, you want to already have your proposal. You want to already know what it's worth. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's six months from now and I got to tweak something, but at least you're, you're in the queue. You already got, you know, meat. Now you just need a little bit of dressing. That's fine. Okay. So that, that's another really good point. Uh, something else to consider is like you said, the 10 year treasury, which is already very low, dropped about 150 basis points. Okay. 150 basis points is huge. We're, we're seeing the 10 year treasury traded under 1%, which is like, it's unheralded. We've never had this before. So if you're a buyer and you can get financing for, I mean, I've talked to people on the residential side. I was here in Scottsdale last night as well. This guy got a condo in this complex, 30-year fixed, 2.81% APR. It's crazy, okay? You can you can get the same on a 200-plus unit apartment no. community in Texas, you know, 20-whatever-million-dollars, pretty dang close. Yes. Pretty darn close, right? Think about that. <laughs> and here's what people don't realize from a home ownership perspective. And I know we're investors, mm-hmm. but I how the market's working. When I look at the values out there, I don't say, oh shoot, this house is 500K. It's really expensive. I say, what's my cost of ownership over the lifetime of the loan? 
And thanks to Dodd-Frank and thanks to RESPA, which are some, some laws that went through, you know, I don't know, maybe five, eight years ago, there's what's called the TIL, the Truth Lending Act, mm-hmm. which says that every homeowner, every primary residence mortgage, there's a, a page in there amongst the, you know, 300 other pages in your mortgage, right? That says, this is the cost of your loan. It's 500K, but holds on to it for 30 years and it's going to cost you 1.2 million bucks. But no, not anymore though. At 2.71. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. That's my point. And and, and I look at it, I say, anybody who's looking only at dollar values and not at interest is missing the point. You have to look at the two together because the second interest rates go up, values go down. When Mm -hmm. interest rates go down, values go up. So there's a very interesting you know, thing going on right now. And as a property owner, as a business owner, this country affords many liberties and many freedoms. And two of those that I think are most fundamentally important and incredible, and we should be grateful for, are the opportunity to own your own home and to start your own business. And the incentives for people who own their own home and the incentives for somebody who owns their business, especially right now, are insane. Why would somebody not take advantage of the fact that the government is willing to back loans if you're, a, if you're a veteran, you can get a zero down loan at an insane interest rate. If you're a homeowner, FHA loan. If you're an investor, there are loan products for you. And there are just the th- same thing too. When the, when the free market lending rates go down, the hard money and private money rates go down as well. You know, There's so much opportunity for real estate investment in America that it's insane when people tell me they don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's good to hear all this insight and kind of encouraging as we're looking at buying more deals today, walking properties this week, it is, we record this. Can can I tell you one more thing? I'm sorry. You got me excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You go ahead. So here's what's incredible. I've been saying for months, hospitality, it's already a bloodbath. We love what's going on in hospitality from an investor perspective. Multifamily, the bloodbath is now. Okay. I've been saying this for a few months because if you look at what happened in March, there were rental moratoriums and eviction moratoriums all across the country. Then all of a sudden, the CDC comes out. I don't know how the CDC can mandate whether or not you or I collect rent, but the CDC says basically, you'll excuse me taking this out of context a little bit, but if you even know what the word coronavirus is and you're willing to sign <laughs> and you make less than 99K a year, you don't have to pay rent until at least January 1, at least. State of New York has rental moratoriums. California has eviction moratoriums. And then guess what happened? In March, so rewind to March when all this started, or at least we started realizing that it was a big issue. Mm-hmm. DA came in and said, as part of the CARES Act and coronavirus relief and all this other stuff, if you have an SBA loan, we're going to have abatement and we're going to push off your payment at least six months. So that started and that actually ended when? September 27th. So there's this magical window and it's so fascinating to me, the amount of time, I kind of believe that this is like a setup, but if you look that September 27th expiration of the mortgage payment uh, abatement, okay, has now started. That clock is ticking, all right? People have to pay their mortgages. Investors have to pay their mortgages. But if you're a tenant, right, chances are you don't. So you have this perfect storm brewing of three to four months of landlords who can't collect rent, but also have to pay their mortgage. What happens? You don't make the payment, man. And then what happens? Well, the bank's going to look disfavorably upon you. <laughs> and then what happens? Then what happens? Well, shoot, you just can't make it at some point. They got to take it. And then you and I swoop in. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's, it's the exact, banks don't hey, want this paper. I, uh, 
Unfortunately, I laugh, probably more of a nervous laugh for some of the markets that I'm not invested in today. I'm primarily in Texas. I'm primarily in in some of the areas that I think is a beneficiary of some of these major markets where rents have dropped. And then also the tenants have had probably the big, you know, biggest issue in the economies, you know, New York or Chicago, or if I'm a LA or San Francisco, I mean, just, I nervously laugh for those. And I've seen some of those data points where they are going to get hammered, like you're saying. So I'm thankful that I'm in Texas, but man, it's like, that's a, a truth, which, you know, it is so many numbers. I don't know. I don't know the data points. Maybe you do on the number of people that, you know, the number of apartment community investors that have done forbearance and for that window. And then during the forbearance, you had to follow their certain rules if you took it. And if you took it, the forbearance, then like you're saying, it's going to come around and it's all these different implications. Yes. So just, yeah, man, unfortunately. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. After listening to a few episodes, deep down, do you know that multifamily and commercial real estate investing is one of the best ways to create financial freedom? If you said yes to that question and you are where I was a few years ago, then I'd absolutely love to connect with you. A few years ago, I started personally consuming a ton of real estate education. I traveled all over the country as many real estate conferences and seminars that I could go to. I took 200 plus hours of real estate education. I spent thousands of dollars along the way. And I did this because I knew the path to financial freedom for me and my family was through commercial real estate and syndication. So if you've made a similar decision, I'd love to connect with you. And potentially in the future, I'd love to partner with you as well. Take a moment, go to 5tcre.com forward slash invest and I'd love to set up a time to talk. There's opportunity at the end of this. What scared me was that prior to September 27th, if you asked me that question, Dan, what are the numbers? Like how many people are in forbearance? How many people are defaulting? Mm -hmm. I tell you there is no answer because nobody had to pay. So we didn't know. Now, you know, we're a good six weeks, five, six weeks into that. I don't know the numbers, but I mean, you got to understand that in my experience when I was buying depressed assets was that I'd buy a lot of properties that people had loan modifications on. So they'd have like, let's say a four, five, 6% loan. They'd owe three on it. They'd stop paying. And then, you know, Bank of America or Deutsche Bank would negotiate and say, you know what, we'll do a loan modification. You're going to sign that you'll, you know, some of the terms will change. We'll drop the payment, you know, we'll drop the interest rate down to 1% or 2% or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have some fees. Mm-hmm. And the the guy or gal who signs that's like, oh, awesome. This is amazing. I'm saving $472 a month. So you would think that they would save that money, but that never happens. You know what they do? They just go ahead and spend another $472, okay, a month. So loan modifications typically don't work. They work for the banks. They work really for the investors. And, and the crazy thing there is when you go to the sheriff sale to purchase the property, if you buy the property, you're really buying the mortgage, right? And there's a redemption period where somebody can come in and swoop it back back from you. If there's a loan mod in place, you're buying, you're actually lending out money at one or 2%. It's crazy. So, you know, it, these are things that like, and I can't stress this enough. We could talk about that for days, but when you're working in real estate, especially as an investor, you need to have a good team. You need to work with experts. Literally, I'm cringing right now, remembering this story I'm about to tell you. 
I was at a sheriff's sale. I used to go every week in Oakland County amongst a few other counties in Michigan. And I watched a guy against, like we were screaming at him. He is literally bidding on a property and he didn't realize he was paying for a second mortgage. Somebody else was in first position. And I watched this guy like flush, I think it was like $42,500 down the toilet. And we were like, like, bro, we don't know you, but like, don't throw that money away. And again, misguided. He thought he was getting a deal and he was really, it was really armed robbery. You got to work with experts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A good broker will make you millions. Some good advisors, good teammates will also do the same. At least in my area, I would imagine it's probably similar for yours. I don't buy these deals alone. There's a lot of experts in oh, yeah. and around. Even if I you know, had, which unfortunately don't yet, I don't have hundreds of millions of dollars, but even if I did, you better believe, even if I did, I'd probably even have better experts <laughs> around me than I have today. I have a ton yeah. of experts that help me analyze, look at, underwrite my second, you know, property management, you know, experts doing the appraisals, title, everyone making sure that this deal, my lawyers, this deal is right down the path, you know, helping me yeah. win on this one. And they're guiding me and advising me. And you, know, you want the trusted, right, you don't want the right people. 100%. You know, I'm, I'm from the Motor City, born and bred, and I love it. Henry Ford, whatever, you can love him or you can hate him, but he was often quoted saying that he was not the smartest of men by any measure. But he said that he would take people, he said, you see this desk? There are some buttons on the desk. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what it was like back then. Maybe they were to to, to someone that gets connected directly. But he said, I pressed this button and I got in touch with the top, I don't know, engineer in the world. I press this button. I'm in touch with the best guy in combustion engines. I press this button. I'm in touch with the the best financier in, in the world. The point was just that like, I don't know everything. And that's the point. No one can know everything. Ever connections to good people, you can leverage other people's knowledge, experience, money, all that stuff. And, and today with social media, I mean, come on. Look, I can leverage your, your expertise without ever meeting you, without ever being in the same locale, without ever doing like being at the actual property. Insane. Like we have an opportunity to leverage people in a healthy way like we never could have imagined. Yeah. Maybe this is a good segue. That's why I asked you, don't let me forget your social media stuff. You went from making a thousand calls, not that you won't do that, or you're probably still grinding in somewhere in there, but to a point where now you have business coming to you. Talk to us about this. So for the passive investors, you probably have a day job. You probably have a W-2. You're probably grinding in whatever you're doing. If you're on any bit of the front end, whether sales, exposure, trying to get new customers, helping your business grow, this is going to be beneficial for you. If you're a new general partner and you're trying to meet other partners, other investors, you're trying to bring some exposure to your brand and your name and who you are and what you do, this is going to help you too. So Dan, let's talk about like how you've now turned what was a heavy outbound business to four or five calls while we're talking. I've heard your phone vibrate more than a few times. How did you do that, man? How does that work? So it works by providing value. You know, I pivoted maybe three, four months ago and said, I'm going heavy into LinkedIn. I post every single day. Now I have groups that I run and manage and I'm actually pushing out content, teaching people how to be successful on LinkedIn for any business. The cool thing about me is that I don't have to monetize it. So I give away the tips and tricks and secrets and provide the value for free because it actually helps me. You know, I always say that any door I can open for somebody is a bigger door for me. And this is a beautiful example. Everything on LinkedIn, there's no monetization because 
the real monetization comes when a guy like you, Abel, says, oh, you know what? Dan was willing to jump on my podcast and do this. I know you have a, um, a CVS or a Burger King or a McDonald's or a, a hospital that you want to know what it's worth. Call Dan, right? So that brand recognition, that awareness, that's the value that I've received in addition to incredible relationships. So what I do on, on LinkedIn is I have a show. It's called Dan on Top. No reason to compete, okay? Dan on Top of all things commercial real estate. I drop three episodes every week. It's professionally produced in a studio. Every single day, I'm posting at least two to three times a day. And I'm getting like, I get big numbers, 30, 40,000 views. Views are not so important, but 75 to maybe 250 comments and a couple hundred reactions. And the engagement is intense. The engagement is, is really intense. Anybody who wants help with LinkedIn, reach out to me offline, send me a DM on, on LinkedIn, and I'll put you in one of our groups, introduce you to some really great people. The point is, is that through building myself and my brand on LinkedIn, I was able to you know, position myself as uh, an advisor. So people reach out asking questions. And when I answer those questions, then they reach out, I have property. And once they reach out saying they have property, I can then help them. So LinkedIn has been a great tool to help people. In addition, you know, I have an assistant, changed my life when I hired an assistant. She happens to live in Israel. She does all of my scheduling. She schedules all of my calls, all of my meetings, everything like that. And Really, at this point, because of the volume that I'm getting on LinkedIn and the number of messages and people reaching out, I can literally just have her schedule calls. So by the time I'm getting on the phone with somebody, like this is the first time you and I have actually heard each other's voice and seen each other, but you know about me because you've researched me. You've maybe seen my show. I know about you because this morning I was on a call and the guy I was on a call with asked me what I was doing later. I told him about you. He told me a little bit about Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. only because you have a LinkedIn presence, right? hundred mm-hmm. mm-hmm. percent. It is. And, and I think that's the beauty. So, you know, my challenge to everyone that's watching is to get engaged, to connect with good people, ask questions, right? And to ask for help. And if you have something to give, give it, if you're able to teach it. And I always say like, give value, ask questions later. You know, if people want something, we try to build it and help them, you know, achieve it. So I've noticed that that real big, strong pivot in many ways has helped me from being somebody who has to run and chase investors to someone that's like, oh, you want to sell your building and you know who I am. Perfect. Right. You know, I've got a good friend. He's a little bit out there. He's wacky on LinkedIn. His name's David Stanton. One of the gems. Oh yeah. I like his. So David's a personal friend of mine. We video chat maybe once a week. And one of the things that I love about him is that he's just brutally like straight. And he said, this was months ago, this is somebody that went from like a couple thousand, he's formerly a fish salesman, you know, he went from a couple thousand followers to like 70 or 80,000 in six or seven months. So he said it used to be that it wasn't like, you know, what, you know, it's who, you know, he goes today, it's not who, you know, it's who knows you. <laughs> I agree. It's so true though. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're the guy for multifamily or if you're the guy for net lease, it's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's the, um, I keep saying this cause I've heard it more than a few times this year and it's the, the, the no like and trust kind of, you know, three legged stool, right? People know you, they like you they trust you. They want to do business with you. And I've said that for years, been a sales guy forever, 20 plus years. Right. And so I always try to pride myself on being the guy that others liked and trusted, trusted more yes. importantly, I want to be the expert. I want to try to provide value. I've always been the, you know, I never said I was a sales guy. I said I was a consultant and an advisor. 
and try to provide you the right information. But, and like was like, hopefully they like me. I don't know about any other way to make them like me, but hopefully they do. I'm a nice guy, right? And the no part just kind of like forgot about it all the years. And it wasn't until this year that said, hey, you know, one of my advisors came to our, our meeting. It was like, which one is more important? And I answered trust because that's who I am. And the question was posed back that it is important. It's important. I can trust. No, but what's the most important? And it they was to know you. If they don't know you, how are they, they ever going to like or trust you, right? Exactly. A hundred percent. And you said it very well. That's exactly right. It's man. And yeah, like and trust is absolutely. Now they know me, like, do they like and trust me? <laughs> but if right. they don't know you, man, I mean, what's never going to have it. And then there's a big difference of me calling you outbounding to you versus yes. I really want to talk to Dan. He really seems like the right guy I should be working with. I'm going to reach out to him. Hundred percent. So scheduled in fifteen minute increments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't get it. I. The real secret is, is that I always have fifteen minutes afterwards free. The call's going really well. I can then explain, hey, I've got some extra time, and you know, knock people off. That's awesome. Well, it's great to hear. And then, so those people that are listening, like, okay, great. I'm gonna use LinkedIn like I haven't used before. There's some data points. There's like 700 million, whatever the number is, 700 gajillion people on LinkedIn. And the number of the percentage of those people that make over a hundred grand is pretty freaking high. You can do the data, you know, check it out yourself, but it's like, it's just a crazy number of people. And then it's like the number of people that post daily is like less than 2% or less than 3% oh, yeah. of those people. Yeah. So if you're posting somewhere as opposed to like Facebook or Insta or whatever, I would imagine there's a lot more people posting a lot more stuff that aren't making 100K. So you're a little bit noisier in an area that's, you know, doesn't have the high net worth individuals or people you want may want to rub elbows with or do business with or partner with, right? But in LinkedIn, there are, and you stick out like a sore thumb if you post every day. So what the heck do you post every day, Dan? You said three to four times a day. So what is uh, what happens there? I've changed it up. I used to take like co-star articles and kind of regurgitate them and repackage them and put like a cute, clever or semi-lewd title to them. Sure. The problem is, is I was doing a major LinkedIn faux pas. And that is that I was taking the article and sharing LinkedIn and writing this whole post. Never want to direct traffic away from LinkedIn. You will get penalized by doing that. Okay. That's what I learned in what I call LinkedIn 2.0. So whatever I'm doing, I'm taking, like, if, if you and I were recording this, I would try to take the video, make sure it's less than 10 minutes long, because that's the limit for video, upload the actual video, and then put the, the, the post in there. Now, if I have to link, like my show is 18 minutes, so that's not going to work. So I, I have a flyer. So that's that organic content. That's, that's a photo, right? I have a, a description. I tag every single person that's ever been assistant is emailing me a flyer as we speak. Okay. So I have a tag for every person that's been on the show that season and the comment that has the link to the show, because the show has to be done off of LinkedIn for analytics purposes and branding purposes. That's going to be in the second or lower comment. Okay. So Never the first one, not the first one. No. There's even no. something there about the first. Okay. I'm listening. Not that you don't want that. So the point is, is like, the co-star articles I could regurgitate every day because I get them in my email inbox every day. So I suggest, so now what I do is I copy and paste, I give credit where credit is due. And then the all-stars that are mentioned in the co-star articles, right? 
I take them and I actually tag those people. I tag the CEOs of like major real estate investment trusts. And then guess what? The craziest thing is they're publicity people. I mean, like, oh, Richard right. Stone's on your show. And I'm like, oh, this is working, right? So that that's the way. The other way is like, like I said, I spend one hour a week recording my show, 18 minutes, 90 seconds off, 18 minutes, 90 seconds off, 18 minutes. Three episodes a week are dropping. So the content is these calls, right? These podcasts, right? I'm going to share this that you're putting out there, right? As long as you're taking your daily authentic living and business and packaging it into something, whether that's an article, video post, a photo, some personal stuff, some, 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 some humor a little bit, you'll come up with content. It, it just takes effort. And, and, you know, the other thing that I'll tell people is be authentic. Don't be scared. Be authentic. And, you know, go to your favorite publication about your industry and every morning read one article and then take that and make that into a post. You will learn so much. You'll learn a lot too. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I get like 95% of my, my news from LinkedIn. You know why? Because if, if I'm going to learn about this restaurant and I'm going to put an article up there written by Danny Klein and I'm going to tag him, you know, who's going to be responding to me. I want to know why Taco Bell changed their store square footage from, you know, 2,400 square feet, roughly to 1350 Danny Klein, right. You know, when Barry Wolf is telling me about these dispensaries that he sold and I want to know what price per square foot or what cap rate, guess what? Barry Wolf, it's like real-time news. And it, I can pick and choose who I follow. It's amazing. And it's yeah. all free. It's all free. I don't even pay for LinkedIn Premium. Yeah, yeah. This is a fun topic. And we're, okay, so while we're here, last thing before we go, and, and I'm sorry, we'll give you back your time, Dan. Where do we connect with you and where do we follow you? I'm sure it's LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn. Like, tell us the best place. LinkedIn, Dan Lukowitz, D-A-N, last name is Lukowitz, L-E-W. O-W-I-C-Z. That's L-E-W-K-O-W-I-C-Z. I happen to have TikTok and Instagram and my is Dan Luke, I think. D-A-N-L-E-W-K. I do some fun video stuff on there, but I'm real new to those platforms. LinkedIn is really my home. You can send me a message. You can find me. I've got a lot of content there. You'll see my flyers with my email addresses on them and my phone. You know, reach out anytime for anything, even if you want to learn or talk or you got a funny joke, you know, I'll make myself as available as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks a lot. We'll look forward to uh, checking it out, learning a little bit more. And I think for the passive investors at your W-2 day job, that stuff absolutely applies to your profession, your industry, whether you're a doctor, dentist, lawyer, or you're a tech guy trying to get more exposure. And then if you're general partner principal, man, this whatever route or angle you want to go, you know, brand yourself in you can you can absolutely 100%. Do maybe even consider driven. going a different direction right maybe consider getting rid of the w2 you know <laughs> i'll tell <laughs> you like i've here, never man. been happier yeah like you know I, when i got freed from the w2 that was just like a, a change in my life and you know i know a lot of people don't want to do it and i get that i was there as well but i can tell you like the freedom from you know being an entrepreneur in this country is, and the incentives and the, the opportunity it's it's insane it's not for everybody but you know, there's certainly something to be considered. Yep. I will definitely help our listeners get there, Dan, through our syndication. So if you guys are listening to this, I'm always looking for more passive investors, other general partners as well that are doing the same. But yeah, we're trying to lead, you know, obviously individuals to commercial real estate investing because of the tax benefits, the appreciation, the cash flow that we're creating. But ultimately, man, I want financial freedom. I want the same for my 
you know, investors, if they invest enough passively, you know, I always say make their active income wherever they're making it. If that's W2 or flips or houses or whatever source you have, it's active. It's coming in today. If you don't get off that active rat race, you're going to always have to work. But if you can take active income and put it into a passive investment that works when you're not working, like building a business or a system that creates uh, revenue when you're not working it, that's how to get off this rat race. And it kind of is just very, very uh, beneficial. And I I would say if you have any questions on that, let me know. Dan, uh, if you're looking to buy Burger Kings or retail or uh, hospitality or any of the places that you're talking about, man, which is awesome, medical facilities, pharmacies, whatever. And net least, Dan's the man. Thank you. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Dan, thank you very much. Is there anything else I haven't talked about, touched on, questions that you know we wanted to bring some exposure I just didn't get to? That's a really good question. I think that you touched on a lot of great topics. You know, if you ever want to reach out, our off-market inventory is super hot. Our listed properties are hot. You know, make a friend with a broker and I'm always happy to help. So if there's anything I can do, even if you just want to know what your property is worth, give me a holler. If you want to buy something, if you're looking for a specific deal, be as specific as possible, just like Abel was at the beginning of the show. And I will do my best to provide that value. Right on. Thank you very much, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Uh, My name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents podcast. Uh, If you've heard something you really appreciated today, I've got a few wisdom or a few nuggets of wisdom or insight. Please, we encourage you like, review, subscribe to our show. We would appreciate it. And thanks for all your time. Hope to see you at the next show. Thanks, Dan. You got it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Five Talents podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from other industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to want a copy of our Passive Investor's Guide, Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. It's the guide we use to invest in $93 million of commercial real estate. It's a 65-page ebook. It's a great resource to learn the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications. And we're going to show you how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating, I'm going to give you a free copy. So take a moment to do that now. We'd appreciate it. And then you can register for the book at 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Let us know and we're going to send you a copy. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.